how let's take it from the other side so after dealing with the client you you are like these types of interactions are very stressful for us as veterinary team members so what what are ways in which we can then de-stress ourselves right because that's what we're dealing with on a regular basis now as as a as the pandemic continues so to speak and, and we're in this scenario yeah you're absolutely right so you know there's so many different things i mean there's things that we can do during our shifts to help relieve stress and and to um you know discharge that energy so to speak I will say as an aside, um, venting is definitely not always productive. So we have to be a little bit careful um, in terms of how we're talking about these situations after they happen. Um, if you go to someone on the team with an intention to really process something, learn from it, um, you know, figure out, you know, maybe I could have said something differently. The owner really escalated after I said, xyz you know could could we talk this out because i i don't think i handled it well then that can be very beneficial because it allows you to really you know gain context and perspective around what happened and and basically prevent it from happening again or prevent you from handling it the way you did again However, if you're just going to your team being like these stupid owners and I'm sick and tired of this, that and the other. And if one more owner says to me, blah, 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 blah. Research actually shows that that sort of venting, which is just really unilateral um, or I should say, you know, directed outward. There's no um, invitation for conversation. There's no wanting to process. It really is just venting like you know talking at someone that that actually heightens negative energy and it actually increases cortisol in the body so um i would definitely stay away from venting but you can discharge the energy in other ways you could you know have a little dance party you know shake it off turn on some music and everybody just like gets all silly for a minute um even just listening to music can be very comforting for some people um, as a yoga teacher and meditation instructor, obviously, I'm a huge fan of focusing on your breathing, um, you know, taking a, a mindful break. So mindfulness, really being in the present moment, that's really fostered by tuning into our senses. So if I'm feeling super rattled and like my mind is just going a thousand places, a hundred miles a minute. Um, I'll take a minute to just count in my surroundings, five things I can see, four things that I can touch, no, five things that I can see, four things that I can hear, three things that I can touch, two things that I can smell, and one thing that I can taste. So you're just tuning wow. in all the senses. Yep, yeah, five, four, three, two, one. And that basically, as long as you're tuning into your senses, it's it's literally impossible to have your mind be anywhere else. You are present mo present moment focused as long as you're tuning into your senses. Um, for some people, just focusing on the breathing, and you know, some people like to count their breath. Um, some people do certain breathing techniques. Um, I find when I'm really stressed out, like breath holding and stuff like that, it, it actually worsens my anxiety. Um, but what can really help to upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest state, is to prolong our exhales and even just sighing. So like sometimes I'll be around people in the hospital and they're just like, oh, and it's actually a good thing. It's like, yeah, let it out, you know, um, 
you know, even in yoga, sometimes we'll be like, you know, like we'll make all these noises and just it, it's physiologically beneficial to the body to do that. That basically tells the body, okay, it's safe. We're going to really rest, you know, and, and, um, you know, bring, bring the nerves down, so to speak. So yeah, for me, a few like, you know, deep exhales, sighs, um, just even, you know, if I breathe in for four seconds, I'm breathing out for six seconds just to kind of prolong that. Um, getting outside of the hospital, taking a walk, even if it's just like a quick lap around the hospital. Um, I remember when I was in academia, sometimes I just needed to like get out. And so I would just do like a little lap around the teaching hospital. And then everything is better after you've had, you know, a little bit of fresh air. Some teams like watching YouTube videos, like really funny, ridiculous YouTube videos. Um, you know, ask Google or, you know, Alexa to tell you a joke, you know, something to just sort of break that tension and discharge that energy. So those would be things that I, I think are really beneficial during the shift. Outside of the shift, holy moly, self-care is of the utmost importance right now. Like I can't stress it enough. And um, I wanna reiterate to everybody what that really means because self-care, you know, we've got this misconception sometimes that it's like, um, you know, going home and pouring a big glass of wine and, and watching Netflix. And, you know, for me, it's not that that's not okay. If you had a 16 hour shift and you do have zero energy to do anything else but that, then do that if that allows you to rest and, and feel better. The issue with considering that self-care is that it's not actually health promoting. And in the long term, it's going to deplete your reserves. With self-care, we want to build up our reserves so that when we're going into a horrible stretch of shifts or like a really busy work week or we're recovering from one, it's productive, it's intentional. We're doing things like, you know, gosh, I just came off a really long five. I work six days a week this week instead of my usual four. I'm gonna book a massage, you know, my next day off. Or, um, you know, I know that I'm going into a really big stretch of shifts and my anxiety has been really amping up lately. So I'm gonna make sure that I see my counselor before I start my stretch of shifts. Um, or I'm gonna meal prep before, I'm gonna make sure I, you know, do twice as much exercise on the weekend, knowing that I'm not going to have time to exercise during the week. Like that's what self-care is. Um, you know, and on those days where, you know, you have the client that takes your head off and everything else. I think the biggest advice that I would give to people is to let that go once your shift is over. So have some sort of ritual at the end of your day where, you know what, I'm, you know, taking off my scrub top, I'm, you know, maybe I go home and I take a shower, or I walk the dog. You've got some sort of ritual that triggers your mind and your body that work is done. I'm not gonna think about it anymore. Um, and now it's time for me to be at home with my family, with my pet, with my partner, whatever it might be. And that's going to be my focus because research shows in, in human medicine that human caregivers, that work-life separation or that distinction between their work role and their home role is a really, really big indicator of well-being because it just, it gives our mind a break. Otherwise we feel like we're just constantly in work mode and and that's that's exhausting. That's what leads to burnout. That's, that, no, that's, that's awesome advice. 
what, what so so for me personally if we put something out personally for you is is that it, as a business owner it's kind of tough to to separate those because you you get you get pulled in for, through a text or call or anything like that even though you, you want to tune you want to tune out but you also have to be present if something is needed to be addressed right um and then one of my big personal things is that i'll wait sometimes i'll wake up in the middle of the night and it is tough for me to get back to sleep because all these thoughts start going through my mind whether it's about the events of the day or what's going to happen tomorrow and everything like that so what sort of advice would you get for those moments i guess i'm not alone because i do hear it from my teammates that oh yeah i woke up early and i couldn't sleep because i started thinking about the case yesterday or something like that so what sort of advice would you give for that yeah, it's super, it's super common, you know, especially for those of us who, you know, we're like so heady about our jobs, like we're intellects and, and obviously we care. So we're going to be thinking about a case that didn't go well or an exchange with a client or a coworker that, you know, kind of took a wrong turn. And um, it's interesting, you know, what they say for middle of the night awakenings, um, first of all, they're nine times out of 10, they're caused by worry or stress. So it usually is, you know, because we wake up all the time at night, most of the time we fall asleep, unless there's something that's bothering us, right? So there's different techniques that you can use to try and get yourself to fall back asleep, you know, in the moment. So that's where mindfulness becomes really helpful again, because Basically what you're doing is you're either thinking about the past, you're ruminating, or you're anxiously thinking about the future, right? You're, you're forward thinking. And neither of those are, are in the present moment. So if you can, you know, listen to a meditation to help ground you in the present moment, um, if you don't want to, you know, if your you know, wife or somebody is sleeping beside you and you don't want to wake them up, you don't have headphones, then even just, you know, focusing on your breathing, just really visualizing your breath coming in and out, counting it. Every time your mind wanders, you notice it. Okay, gosh, I'm thinking about that case at work again. And then you just bring it back to the breath. Um, doing a body scan where you literally just like visualize from your head to your toes, every single part of your body. Some people will tense the part of the body and then relax it. And, and that can help to kind of, you know, get them more relaxed again to fall asleep. Um, but, but those are definitely some strategies for, you know, in the few minutes where you wake up and you really recognize like, gosh, my mind's racing and I'm going to have trouble falling asleep. The experts also say if you have been awake for more than 20 minutes, like laying in bed and tried these strategies and you literally can't fall asleep, that they really suggest getting out of bed. So they say, get up, do something to distract yourself, not anything that's super activating, like you don't want to turn on some horror movie and like, you know, <laughs> get your mind thinking about something else. but you know, reading a book, doing a crossword, doing some stretching, cleaning the kitchen, you know, doing the dishes, folding the laundry, something that's just gonna get you out of bed, get you into something else. Um, and then once you feel tired enough again, that you really think that you could fall asleep or maybe you get up and you like write down what's bothering you just so that you're like, okay, I've written it down. It's out of my head. I can stop thinking about this now. Um, definitely tend to whatever it is that's bothering you if you can in the moment, but then once you can, you know, reasonably you think fall asleep again then you would try and fall asleep and some people will even redo their whole bedtime routine again so if you know in the half an hour before you go to bed at night you um you know journal or meditate or stretch or read a book or whatever um for people myself included who get up in the middle of the night and just like you know we're sort of having troubles falling back asleep i'll get up and i'll kind of go through the motions of what i would do to try and get myself to bed in the first place so 
they say that it's important to do that because if you're just laying in bed worrying all the time, then that's going to become a habit for your mind, right? Every time you get in bed, you're going to think, yes, okay, now's where I process all my stuff. Um, so it's literally like sleep training for adults. You know, you have to like train yourself. Okay. If I'm going to be worrying like this, I can't be in bed because this isn't where I do my worrying. So I need to get up and deal with this and then, you know, re-trigger myself to fall asleep. No, that's excellent. That's a, that's excellent advice. Yeah, I'm gonna take all that. But I like that five, four, three, two, one thing too. Yeah. You know, it all boils down to five things I can eat. Five things. I can eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's five things. <laughs> too funny. But yeah, I I hear you. You know, it's it's tough when you're a business owner, because um, it, it it doesn't ever really turn off. And I find for me, you know, and and I don't own a a, a veterinary practice, but I am, you know, my I I do run my own business, and the work is never ending, right? There's always something, and the email's always there, and and it's always you that's needed, you know, at some point or another. Um, you know, as best you can, when there are moments when you literally are not at the helm, like when you've, you've consciously said, look, I'm off, I'm not available, you know, except for extreme emergencies or whatever, um, to really intentionally disconnect during those times. So don't be checking your phone, turn off your notifications, um, you know, communicate to your team. If you need me, I'm only available by phone. Like don't text me, don't email me you know, um, because I'm not going to be checking because I'm going to be off or, you know, set, set that tone right from the get go, you know, set those expectations. This is why we talk about boundaries, right? It's like, I don't check my work email after nine o'clock at night, or if I'm not in the hospital, um, I don't check text messages after nine o'clock. So if you need me after nine o'clock, you've got to call me because then otherwise you're just like constantly at the whim of your electronics and your notifications and, and you're always on. And, and that way, if you've set that expectation, you know, if they need me and it's an emergency, they're going to call me, I'm going to hear my phone ring and I'll deal with it then. Until then, I'm at home, I'm with my family and that's my focus. Excellent. That's excellent advice. <laughs>